0: Imagine being present, calm and connected while creating a family environment where everyone can thrive.
1: Welcome to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast, providing inspiration and actionable steps to manifest the meaningful and magical life you desire for you and your family. We are your hosts.
0: Dimple Aurora, founder of Mindful Evolution, and Shaitha Patayali, founder of
1: Thrive Kids. Thank you for sharing the I Am Mom journey with us. Let's get started.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to our expert series on the podcast. Today, we are talking about wellness, and more specifically, discovering wellness without obsession. Today's guest is Salma Dinani. Salma Dinani is a certified personal trainer and a mother who is on a journey of unlearning diet culture, being kind to her body, sharing her love of fitness, wellness, and of body respect and acceptance. Thank you so much for joining us today, Salma. We're so excited to have you and we're so excited for the conversation that is going to come out from today.
2: Thank you. I'm really excited too.
1: Sama, we are so happy to have you. I mean, you do, you've done so much. You've done so much on this fitness journey and inspired so many women and helping women to really uh, become stronger and more energetic and feel really good in their bodies. So we're just excited for this conversation. So right now, uh, you know, we're close to the beginning of the new year. And what we've been hearing from a lot of women is... Um, you know, they're concerned about their weight, the, the Christmas pounds, they would want to do some shedding. Yeah. And, you know, you don't really identify yourself as a, a weight loss coach or weight loss trainer. And so what I'm interested in knowing is, why do you take this approach of moving away from diet
2: culture and weight loss? And maybe you could integrate that a little bit with your story. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm just like everyone else. I spent most of my life in diet culture. I just didn't realize that that's what it was called, right? It was normal for us to grow up in our households. Everyone's always talking about diets and losing weight and putting their bodies down. I mean, if you think about it, women bond over that, right? I mean, yes. we've been in with a group of friends who are like, oh, I hate my thighs, or I wish my stomach, you know, my muffin top, like, women bond with this, right? And we've just thought it was normal, but it's not, or it, or it shouldn't be, mm-hmm. right? Um, our bodies do so much for us, right? Like, we birthed children, we, it takes us outside for a walk, it's gotten us through this pandemic, it does so much for us, yet, all we can focus on, oh, it's just not, thin enough right and it's really just exhausting it's really exhausting to just be beating yourself up all the time right Mm -hmm. and having been on that journey most of my life always I've always been you know after my first child I remember um, you know trying to lose all the weight second child I've never been it's never been good enough and then so slowly, as I started learning about what diet culture is, and if someone's not sure what diet culture is, what diet culture is, is culture telling us that thinness is more important than anything else, right? Above all else, you need to be thin, right? And so um, first off, as I started on this journey, like I was in a personal trainer, I've just been a personal trainer since um, 2019. Mm -hmm. um but as i was on that journey so let me tell you a funny story because when i decided that i wanted to become a personal trainer i was like um i was in this um uh fitness facility and they were doing a challenge and i'm like i'm gonna do this challenge okay and it's you know working out a diet like all this stuff and as i was in it um i kept failing i kept not being able to keep to the meal plan or the workouts or whatever i'm like how can i be a personal trainer if I can't even lose my body weight or I can't keep to a meal plan. And I, like, how am I supposed to be a personal trainer and teach other people? Yeah. And I think that was my start of the journey of unlearning diet culture, mm-hmm. being kinder to my body, being accepting of my, because my body can do so many amazing things. Why does it matter that I'm not a size eight or a 10? Like, why does any of that matter? So yeah, that was kind of the start of it. And as we've been going on, I've just been learning more and more. And that's why I decided to incorporate it into my practice of being a personal trainer because I I don't want that to be the focus. There's so much more we can focus off on on our health than just shrinking. Oh my God. Sorry, that was kind of long winded, but
0: <laughs> no, that was beautiful. And as I was listening to you, there were a lot of words that kept popping up for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One was um, kind, one was positive, and one was gentle. And those three words, when you think about diet culture, for some reason, that doesn't go together, does it? (laughs) When you are in this diet culture, you're not kind, you're not gentle, and you're not positive towards your body. And one thing that you really help promote with a lot of your clients is positive body image or positive feeling good in your bodies. Now, this is not the same as body positivity. So Mm -hmm. if you could just give a little bit of background around body positivity and what that is and where where it came from and where it stemmed from, and then go into a little bit about Positive body image, yeah,
2: definitely. So, just like everyone else, I've in the past I have used the term body positivity, but what I've learned is, um, it's used incorrectly a lot. So, what body positivity is, it's not just oh, um, I'm accepting my body or look, look at my roles, like you know, I'm embracing it. That's not what it is. I mean, that's great, but that's not what body positivity is. Body positivity is a movement. That was started for women in bigger bodies and women in marginalized bodies, right? So you know, not for women like us who, you know, we can go to a store and you know we could buy something, you know, off of the rack size, you know, zero to twelve or fourteen is usually uh, you know accessible for everyone.
1: Yeah. um
2: Also, women who maybe you know someone has a disability, you know, things like that. So if you're in a marginalized body or in a larger body, this movement was started to give them freedom and give them the ability to stand up for themselves and just say, just because I'm in a marginalized body or I'm a bigger body, it doesn't make me less worthy, mm-hmm. right? So that is what uh, body positivity is. It is a social movement. Mm-hmm. So the term that I like to use instead of body positivity is we can say some things like um, positive body image so you're really switching the terms around but it does mean a different thing right yeah. so a positive body image is you know maybe feeling good in that body you know you're postpartum and you're okay you know I'm, I'm feeling good about my body uh, other terms we can use are um, one that I usually like to start with especially if it's you know a woman's having a really hard time with it She's like I can't love my body you know, and, and I understand that because our whole lives, we've been told that this, that body is not good enough. The best body is the thin body, right? And it's really hard to unlearn something that you've learned for, what, 30, 40 years? Mm-hmm. It gets hard. And I don't expect people to do that. I don't expect women to do that. So a good place to start is something called body neutrality. Mm-hmm. And what that is, is being more neutral towards your body. So instead of putting your body down, right, You don't have to say, I love my body, but don't put your body down. Um, Maybe look in the mirror and tell yourself something good about your body. You know, Mm -hmm. like, you know what, my body, um, let me take a 30 minute walk today. Mm -hmm. Or, you know what, my body birthed two children. Okay. So it's not saying, oh, I love this body and I'm embracing it, but you're being neutral towards it or Mm -hmm. you're being kind to it. So that's another one, right? Being kind to your body. So I feel like body neutrality is a really great place to start that can move on to body respect, right? It's like respecting your body. Okay. Maybe I don't love it yet, but you know what? I really respect it. I really respect what my body is doing for me. You know what I did today? I carried one toddler on a shoulder who was sleeping and I I held the baby carriage and I walked into the house and I'm damn proud of how strong I am and that I did that. I respect my body for doing that. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's neutrality, respect. And then you can move on maybe one day to get to body acceptance and be like, you know what? I accept my body. You know, maybe it's not what I thought it should be, mm-hmm. but you know what? It's, it's great. It does everything for me. Um, yes. I don't fit into a mold, but maybe we need to break out of this mold because it's not the right mold. Everyone doesn't fit into one mold. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then maybe one day that leads to body love maybe. And if it doesn't, I would still say that's okay because you know what all these steps do these steps teach our children body respect body acceptance body love and maybe they won't have to unlearn diet culture like we do and I, to me that is the end goal in it even if we don't unlearn it we are setting themself them up for something so much better than what we went through
0: yeah. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Like um, uh, my heart is just like singing inside because this, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. And it's just so golden. What you're saying is when we are able to do this or set this up for ourselves and not aim for this, Hey, wait a minute. I'm going to go into the mirror and say, I love my body right away, Mm -hmm. because chances are, we're not going to feel that. (laughs) And our kids will also pick up on that. And if we're able to set up a pattern, which is achievable, and is Mm -hmm. consistent, and is visible, so that not only we believe it, but our kids believe it, they have a lot more years to go than we do, oh, yeah. right? And they won't have as much to unlearn, as you said. And in mm-hmm. fact, we're setting them up with these little pedestals, right? Of, of of getting to that place where hopefully in the future, they won't have these struggles that that um, all three of us have gone through, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. In, in our
2: life growing yeah, up. They can spend their time, doing other things achieving other goals you know that have less to do with change you, this is one thing too if you think about how much time women spend yes on dieting thinking bad thoughts about themselves all these things imagine if they put all that energy into something else you probably have like another career or like yes. run marathons <laughs> like you're running and like you know like you okay. can achieve so much if you just let go of that. And hopefully, that's what our future generations can do, that they won't have to worry about that. You know?
1: Absolutely. Like, so, and one of the things I hear you saying right now, too, is about it's not about loving your body right away, mm-hmm. but it's about appreciating and having gratitude, small moments of gratitude for your body on a daily basis, where it almost becomes a habit, because this is what it's all about, it's about, it's not about weight loss and how many pounds you're shedding, right? It's about appreciating your body, being in a strong and healthy body, despite size, yeah. right? Despite, cause we're all born with this body constitution, right? Yeah. That it's natural body constitution that, that we have to learn to accept for, for example, for me, I'm very like, I'm very thin in my arms and my legs. And I've, I hated myself for it for so, for so long. But now I realize like, it's not about the size that you are, right? It's about the capability and what your body can do for you and having gratitude for that. So, you know, and, and, and kids do pick up these messages at such a young age, like what are some of the ways women can and even men, parents in general, can speak to their kids about their bodies? Like, what are some of the, like, what's some of the
2: language around teaching our so kids? I, I actually, I didn't, I thought this was so important, because I, one of the reasons I even do this is for my kids, too, right? Mm-hmm. It started as, as I don't want them to go through what I've been going through my entire mm-hmm. life. Um, And I actually wanted to write a few things down, so that I didn't, Forget. Yeah. So the biggest thing that I would say is to set an example. This is what you just said. Set an example for your kids because they learn not from what we tell them, but from what they see, right? So if you're trying on a pair of pants and then they don't close and you're like, oh my God, I'm so fat. Or, um, oh my God, I need to go on a diet. Or you're at the dinner table. Oh, how many calories are in this? They're hearing all that. They're learning all that. Right. And they're going to incorporate that in your life, even if you're telling them on the side, Oh, you know, all bodies are beautiful bodies, you know, um, whatever you're saying, that doesn't matter. They are going to learn from what you do. Mm-hmm. So that first and foremost, even if you don't believe it, don't say those things in front of your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another thing we would do is, as I said, don't put your body down, but also say kind of things about your body. I remember when my kids were really young mm-hmm. I would. I remember, you know, trying to um, talk to them. Like my stomach was still, you know, out there. I mean, still it is. Twelve years later, it's fine. But yeah. remember, like, you know what? I love my stomach because okay. you guys were in there. Yeah. You know, I love it. This it held you. It grew you. And um, I'm so happy about that. You know, um, say things that you love about your body. Be like, oh, my arms are like so strong. I can like totally lift you. That's amazing. I love being strong you know, things like that, I think are so important. Um, And definitely, like I said, don't talk about diets, don't talk about about calories. And I find this one actually to be really challenging, not in our own home, but when you're around um, Mm. others, right? Because especially grandparents or aunts and uncles, that is a huge one. Yes. Um, Because it's so just because we're unlearning it doesn't mean the people that we are with, our families are unlearning it. Right. So Mm -hmm. I actually had a talk with um, this is a while back, but I talked with my parents and, you know, my brother and everyone. And I said, you know, I just we don't talk about diets and we don't talk about, um, you know, bodies in a negative way. So if you could just not if you're doing your things, that's fine. But if you cannot talk about calories, diets and put down your body in front of the kids I would really appreciate that so it's not telling them they have to change but if they could just um watch what they're saying when they're in front of the kids because kids are so impressionable right so and then last I would just say is just talk to your just get your kids to be active um Mm It doesn't have to be like, oh, you don't like exercise isn't just to burn calories and lose weight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, exercise is for your mental health. It's to make you feel good. It's to make you feel energized. There's so many benefits of exercise. Um, that's what we could talk to our kids about and just get them out. You know, we're riding bikes, going for walks. What are their favorite activities, right? None of that has to be about keeping your body thin. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing like doesn't have to be like that at all. It just has to be about you know, this, this is really good for your heart. This is good for your body. It's good for your mind. You know, let's go out, let's be active and make sure that you're getting to be active. That has nothing to do with their body size or with diets. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think those are the main things that I would say is that we need to incorporate or be aware of in our Mm -hmm. lives. If we don't want our kids, um, you know, to be following the same footsteps that we are.
0: That is, Yeah, exactly. That is amazing. Um, And I, those are so practical too. Right. And Mm -hmm. I also, I really, really appreciate you saying that you had a talk with your family members about that. Right. And then, and you also said, it's not about getting them to change. It's just about watching what you, they are saying in particular moments when your kids are around right? So um, it's a lot of, just a lot of empowerment that comes around that as a parent, as a parent, right? And um, one thing that I wanted to ask you is what you just brought up right now. It was, it's around exercise. Yes. So, you know, um, for example, when I was growing up, I'm I'm very active right now, right? I'm very, very active and I love to exercise. Mm -hmm. But the reason I do that, is because it's good for my mental health. And it gives me, um, when I run first thing in the morning before I teach a kindergarten class, it (laughs) gives me sanity, right? And I'm calm. It has absolutely nothing to do with um, body image or losing weight or what I can eat. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't always like that. It did not start off that way just like all of us that are here and listening to this podcast and all of us that are talking, we all have grown up in that culture where you exercise to lose weight. If you don't exercise, you can't eat this, this, and this. And stepping out from that was really hard for me. Yeah. I mean, it, running marathons actually helped me get out of that because yeah. it made me realize, like, it's it has nothing to do with that. Like, I yeah. just feel good doing yeah. it. But what are some? Like, not everyone's going to go and run marathons, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, what are some? What are some small steps we can do as adults? to break free it feels like a jail cell almost yeah. right like mm-hmm. to break free from that that place of feeling so
2: contained it's really hard you know it's really hard um i know i'm there because i'm like you i do it for my mental health i do it to like especially you know during covid and everything it gives you like your sanity right yeah. To just yeah. you know so okay so what i would say first and for- foremost is to find something you enjoy. Cuz if you're going to force yourself to like if you don't like going to the gym and you're forcing mm-hmm. yourself to the gym it's not going to it's not going to be fruitful, right? In the long run. Cuz you want something sustainable in the long run. So i would say find something you love, you know, whether it's going for a walk in nature, which is actually so great for our mental health like just getting outside and moving your body is huge, you know, or maybe you like dance, and you take a Zumba class. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
2: Or maybe you like yoga, and you join yoga, or you know, you do it on your, your, it's, it's, it's finding something you love, I feel like that is first and foremost, um, will help you in overcoming that hurdle, right? Mm -hmm. So once you find something you love, then maybe slowly, you can break up with that mentality that you're doing it to burn calories or to lose weight or to stay thin because when you love something, then you start noticing other things as well. Like one, you're excited to go mm-hmm. Two, at the end, like you're in a different head space. It's like, you have these endorphins going, yes. you feel happy, you have all this energy and you're like, and, and because of that, you remember that. And then, so next time when you go, you're like, okay, I'm going to go again. Cause I remember how good I felt. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think that is probably the first step is to find something you enjoy.
1: Mm -hmm. That is so important because, you know, movement has been my challenge in my life. And even 10 years ago, I was I had been diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which is chronic, chronic pain. Right. It cost me my teaching career. So. When I finally got rid of the pain and started moving and realizing that my body had been missing this, it just like, it feels so good. And now I just want to do it because I want to be strong. I want to, you know, help my lymphatic system. I want to keep my circulation going. And I just want to have those feel good endorphins. And then you're right. Your brain remembers that feeling, right? And then you want to continue it. And it's just so, it's so refreshing, right? To, to move away from eating a certain way because, or um, doing exercise because it's a chore and some, right? It's just really finding something we enjoy. That. And I love how you said incorporating family activities that are mm-hmm. physical, right? So the bike riding, okay, yeah. well, today we're going swimming as a family. Today we're just going for a hike, right? Like it's so rewarding and and then it's building connection and spending family time and and you know another thing too growing up our family like my family and I'm sure a lot of other families in our culture did not do this no they were more concerned about eating and food and feeding us right Mm, and it was more time in the kitchen and cooking like come and learn how to cook let's mom I'm I remember when I was a teenager and my friend and I started going to the gym. We started getting we were getting in trouble. Our parents were yelling <laughs> at us.
2: Right? Why are you going to the gym? Yeah. <laughs> like, One would say to you, Why are you working out? You're already thin. You're already- I yeah. That when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Or when exactly. I was a kid.
1: Like we were just getting in trouble. So right now, though, with social media, there are these girls, these young girls, uh, who are engrossed in this culture. They're tweens. They're teens and they've already been programmed this way. So what are some of the things we can do to help them step out? I know you've talked about a lot of it, but for helping these young girls, because I do work with young girls and I feel like this is such an important point, but they've already been engrossed in this culture, especially now with the social media.
2: I think it's a lot harder Um, as they're older because I think um, I mean my kids are getting they're not there yet Uh, my daughter's 10 and my son's 12 Mm. Um, but I think as you get into those older you know 15 16 yeah um, their peers are more important than Mm. their parents Um, and I think it does get more challenging and I think I think again, it's um, leading by example because I feel like if you can't get through, because I feel like at that age, I mean, I don't know specifically specifically yet, but I'm kind of remembering from when I was a teenager. But the more your parents tell you something, yes. the more you're gonna like want to do the opposite or not listen to them, right? Yeah. So I feel like probably one of the biggest tools we have in our arsenal as parents, as our kids get older, is to lead by example. Maybe like um, also surround themselves with people who are in the similar mindset as you are. Like maybe they have their own set of friends, but maybe you have a mom friend who also has a daughter who's you know in the similar uh, similar mindset that you are. Maybe you know connect them. Um, But I do agree it does get more challenging. So that's why I feel like if we can start when our kids are younger, um, hopefully that can help.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. One yeah. thing I always um, say to my daughter is how do you feel in your body today? Mm-hmm. And it just gets her to feel really um, empowered at like, first of all, at, at having that answer, but also it enables her to look inside. Yeah. And there's a reason I do this. The reason is because of these outside influences. So, like recently, recently, myel just got diagnosed with celiac disease. So, prior to her diagnosis, um, I knew she was going to get diagnosed because her belly was really bloated, mm. like really, really bloated, and like the rest of her is is not right. Yeah. So, anyhow, we were going to a family member's house. And they said to her, right, that you're eating too much. Your stomach is so big. Oh, no. And so she looked at me and obviously I could tell she was really hurt. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: what did I say to her? I said, how do you feel in your body? And she said, I feel good. Well, that's what matters. And so anyways, now with the celiac stuff, her bloat is gone, right? But um, (laughs) the point is, is that she's feeling good about her body, right? That started because I have been doing that with her. And then it came to a point where like that needed to be taken out and used. So you are absolutely right. You know, when we feel like we don't need to do it, just do it, set up that routine, set up that space, because there will be a point where um, our kids will need it. Now, one thing that was really coming to my mind as well is you must have a lot of clients that come to you being a personal trainer that want to lose weight. Yeah. What do you say? What is your approach? And how do you um, work your philosophy and pedagogy with these clients.
2: Yeah, that is one thing that I found really challenging, um, because, like you said, that's when people start working out. Usually, yeah. is they want to lose weight, and um, so slowly, I've been kind of changing things over on my platform to, you know, to reflect, you know, that I'm an anti diet culture um, trainer, or I train, you know, to help you feel strong, healthy, and happy. Um, and so people, when I connect with people, I always like send questions, um, to get a better idea of, you know, why do you want to hire a personal trainer? Yeah. You know, what are your goals? That sort of thing. And then, so I'm always straightforward in saying that one, um, I don't prescribe meal plans one, because it's out of my scope of practice. As a personal mm-hmm. trainer, I can't prescribe meal plans. I'm always happy to share, you know, healthy meal ideas that I've had that I think you would enjoy, but I won't do a meal plan. Um, and also that I don't uh, I don't focus on weight loss. Um, and I, I'm, I'm pretty direct with it now. At first I was, it, I had a hard time, you know, voicing it because, you know, someone would even tell me like, well, that's what people want, you know, like mm-hmm. how are you going to get clients? And then I, when I finally made that decision, you know, that I'd rather just um, be true to who I am. I don't want to just do something to get clients, because that's just what what's the point of that. Um, And so I'm honest with them. And I say, you know, I, um, I'm not a coach that um, prescribes uh, weight loss, but I'm here to help you Um, get stronger to help you feel good in your body to help you feel energized um, to help you achieve fitness goals that maybe you've had for a long time but you weren't able to do so that's just that's kind of what I do I mean maybe I kind of weave around it a little because sometimes some people are so just hell-bent on that Um, but I just just explain that this is what I do and I'm like and if that's not you know something that you're looking for I completely understand because everyone is allowed to think and believe what they want and so am I so you know I can always um, refer them to someone Mm -hmm. else and I'm happy so I don't shy away from that because I think we need more (laughs) we need more of what I do we have enough weight loss coaches out there Um, yeah and I don't want to be that and I'm just learning to be more direct and more honest because life is short yeah. And yeah, and this is what I want to share. And so yeah, <laughs> that's how I do it. It's, it's hard. It's like, um, it was something I read about boundaries, uh, listened to a podcast about boundaries. And I was, I, I was never really able to define boundaries. And um, basically, what I learned is with boundaries, it's like, when you set a boundary, um, you'll be uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. You
2: set that boundary, but you'll feel good about it later. And yes. if you don't set that boundary, if you say yes to something you don't really want to do, then you're going to be resentful and angry later. Yeah. So be uncomfortable, set that boundary, but it's going to be better in the long run. Maybe
1: that was our podcast on boundaries.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was, because that's a, that's a big thing. And then it was just like aha Oh Yes, yeah. that's a boundary. And that's why I've been feeling yeah. certain ways with certain people because I do things because I feel guilty or I feel whatever and I don't want to do yeah so 100%. yeah
0: absolutely 100 percent. you know what you are right there should be more of you <laughs> um, there should be many of you and yeah. there should be many of you for not just us as moms as dads but for uh, our children as well and mm-hmm. you know all of these tips and they're not even tips they're 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 golden nuggets, really, Mm -hmm. of wisdom that you have shared with us today. Um, I know I have learned so, so much. Um, One thing I do also have to say is with uh, Salma, she also has a blog, Mm-hmm. And that she's posted um, a lot of great recipes on there as well. And it's not just about um, fitness, there's a lot of lifestyle um, articles on there as well. Um, I remember this one post that you made. Uh, I don't even know maybe it was last year and this is what I absolutely love about you because you you're, you don't just talk the talk you walk the walk yeah. so yeah. one um, post that you made was about it's not just about body it, it was I think it was about your hair and embracing the gray oh, yeah, and no not way. coloring your oh. hair right yeah and I just found that so like amazing that you we're able to first of all uh be in touch with that, but mm-hmm. then to share that with everybody and just be like, you know what, it doesn't matter. We all are going to have gray hair. Yeah. Why are we spending all this time going to this salon <laughs> and trying to cover it up? Embrace yeah. it. Like I just um I, that's a beautiful, it was just a beautiful post. And speaking of posts, where can people find your blogs? Where can yeah. they find you?
2: So um my blog is just my name. Is it's salmadinani.com, So you can find me there. And then I'm on Instagram as at Salma Dinani as well. Um, and then I do have a Facebook group, which is oh. called workout with Salma. So it's a, a group rather than a page. And it's called workout with Salma. So you can find that on Facebook. And I enjoy TikTok as well. You can find me <laughs> there. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of sharing all over. And again, it's just about being authentic and real. And, and I struggle just like everyone else. I have those mm-hmm. days where I'm just like, oh, should I start counting my calories? Maybe I need to lose a couple of pounds. These pants are tight on me. You know, I have, I have those mm-hmm. days. But um, I work through it and I share those as well because I think it's important. Like nobody's perfect. No one has everything down pat. Mm-hmm. And we're all in this together and we can help yeah. each other through it.
1: Sama, this has been such a great conversation. And, you know, just setting up that community that you have, like, and you've been blogging for so long. Like when I went to your blog, I mean, I I saw a post about a five-year anniversary that you had, and that was even a while ago. (laughs) That was a long time ago. (laughs) So yeah, this, you've been on this beautiful journey and inspiring people. And I'm so grateful that I've come across you and that Shasta introduced us. So it's really, it's really inspiring. And thank you. And thank you for changing the paradigm for everyone, right? Like working on changing the paradigm and moving people away from diet culture and really accept teaching us how to accept where we're at, right? Because that is how we make change. We cannot change anything until we accept where we're at. And they say, what you resist persists, right? So that is so inspiring and any, final thoughts that you want to leave our listeners with today
2: yeah um well thank you for having me I love talking about this I love sharing it because I think we need to talk about it more we need to hear it more because then it becomes normal um I think in the end and I've said this already but I think it's just be kind to yourself um you deserve it Um, you're a human being, your life is about more than fitting into a mold. Um, And just look in the mirror, say something kind about yourself to yourself, looking at yourself in the mirror each and every day. And it can be something small, like, I like your smile. I like the shirt you're wearing today. You know, you deserve to be here. This, this, I would say mirror work, it's called just look in the mirror and say something kind to yourself, be kind to yourself. And I think that could start you on the journey of unlearning all this toxic diet culture. One tiny step like that. Maybe we're in January. Maybe that's one thing you can say to do to yourself is every morning when I go in the bathroom and I look in the mirror, I will say one kind thing to myself.
1: Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so, so, so much. We appreciate you. We love what you're doing. Thank you for having a voice on our podcast today and we will be in touch with you. And thank you for listening, everyone. Take care. Thank you for joining us on the I Am Mom Parenting Journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and head on over to iTunes to leave us a review.
0: We invite you to check out the show notes for this episode and click on the link to join a free Facebook community to stay connected and continue the conversation with other like-minded moms.
1: Until next time, stay inspired, take action, and create magic.